everyone. Welcome back to Fabulous. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Taylor. And I'm Shannon Payne. <laughs> you guys, the spooky is coming on strong it's today. It's officially upon us. So much so we were afraid while we were writing our stuff. Um, I had nightmares. I also had to turn on all of the lights. Um, it was scary. I, oh, I don't even know. Like, it's it's intense. Yeah, it's way intense. And these are okay. We're we're gonna. I'm sure we'll get off on tangents before we get here, but we're talking about just creepy games in general that people play, and like especially kids. What the fuck kind of? And I was one of the fuck kind of kids that played these games. Right? I got to thinking a lot about just the idea of sleepovers and what they mean uh-huh. to people. I was I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers most of the time. I think I've been on three sleepovers okay. as, a, as a growing up person. And um I always felt like everybody else was really best friends because of whatever secret things you do at sleepovers. Right. And that I was never going to be as close as they were close. Yeah. And um gosh, my brother said sleepovers all the time at the house and I don't I didn't ever hear them doing the same shit we were we were doing or uh-huh. girls on TV were doing. Yeah. But I just feel like there's something about young women getting together in their jimmy jams. And we get weird. And it's 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 kind of special. I love it. It's a weird and amazing and I don't know. It's yeah. just cool. And there's so much stuff about being a girl and growing up and your life and your body changing that no one tells you. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of puberty for girls is like taboo. Oh, for sure. And it shouldn't be. No. But the amount of time we spend pretending like that no one else has a period, just you. It's just me. <laughs> I'm the only one carrying this little <laughs> thing in my pocket. And I feel like as an adult, we're constantly talking about those kinds of not necessarily private things, but definitely personal things. Yeah. Like we're bringing up with our friends all the time. And if I could have gone up to another 13 year old and been like, so do you have hair here? What do you do about this? It could have given me a lot of peace of mind. Right? <laughs> like, I feel like it would have settled me a lot and given me just a little modicum of peace. Right. Mm-hmm. Some space to think about trigonometry. Right. Because I was, I was caught up. There was too much happening. It was, Math wasn't fitting. It was a lot it was uh and and i think that that's the kind of things i just assumed they talked about at sleepovers that's right our mm, so when i did sleepovers i it was only once that we did stuff like this (laughs) scary stuff Uh, scary stuff (laughs) otherwise we were we were braiding each other's hair and watching like we did like like, the quintessential yeah like it the ones that i went to so either i was missing out and I didn't get invited to the cool ones. <laughs> or we were all just chill little beasts who didn't want to do much of anything. I, we were also Mormon, which is probably a part of it. I think it also, when you grow up in a very patriarchal culture, girls aren't really encouraged to trust other girls. Right. And so we didn't have the same we didn't have a, a sisterhood of the traveling pants friendship opportunity right. because we were meant to be suspicious of one another of course um and jealous of one another and trying to one up one another constantly mm-hmm. because it's so difficult to have a place in a in a society that's so fundamentally male right and so i think that we spent a lot of time fighting for like queen bee we just spent a lot of time fighting instead of just 
coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like when I watch the the movies of sleepovers, like that's when these girls are learning what friendship between women means. Right. And how incredibly empowering and comforting and grounding it is to know people who go through the same things as you. Right. And I was I follow What's her cute name? Dylan on TikTok. Uh She does the days of girlhood because she's doing her like transition. Yeah. And um, and I feel like that's that's literally what she needs. Absolutely. That's what she needs is like an experience for her to to make those like ridiculous cement female friendships that's where the connections come in for sure and it makes it makes you so brave yeah (laughs) when other women can tell you what's hard for them and what's easy for them and teach you things right like our our female friends uh, mentor me in my career and they also like help me when I have breakouts on my chin Mm -hmm. you know it's just the full circle experience they'll be weird with you they'll be sad with you they'll be so excited for you all the time and it's so amazing friendship is so special it is so now <laughs> we're going to tell you some fucking scary stories. I got so scared. This isn't the kind of shit you do to your friends. No, this is fucking rude. It's not cool. No. No. I didn't like it. I, I'm honestly a little scared that I am haunted at this point. Honestly, we all know I'm chicken shit. We've discussed how I handle scary movies. Mm. Um, but I want to be part of it. Same. <laughs> I have like the biggest scary FOMO. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can be brave, too. I can do it, you guys. I obviously cannot. <laughs> but please invite me anyway. Every time. Every time. But honestly, I, I think I would regret being invited to one of these um, There's like, there's a few of these games, um, you guys, I will not touch. Absolutely not. No. I didn't even know they were real. I didn't know they were real either. One of mine may be seriously based in creepypasta, and I <laughs> hope it's pretend so much. I think one of mine might be as well. We'll... <laughs> We'll find out. When you read through our sources and see a website called Creepypasta Wiki, no judgment. Okay. Just don't judge where we found some stuff this week. It is what it is. I went to websites that will likely cripple my computer for you. Probably. So. Probably. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Please don't don't be mean to me. (laughs) I'm not prepared for it. I'm already haunted. Okay. Are you ready for my first one? I don't know, but I'm going to try to be. This one has um, a very historical leaning for this so there's a creepy part and then i'll just tell you facts it'll be <laughs> I nice i love this perfect have you ever played light as a feather stiff as a board i, I tried to play it and it didn't work it uh in the, i've seen the craft a lot of times that's uh-huh. how i know about it fair okay let's start up with how you play perfect one person lies on the floor flat on their back with their arms crossed over their chest like like dracula style I'm in his casket back. it's scary <laughs> Um, everyone else kneels around the person lying on the floor and they space themselves evenly apart from each other all around the person's body. Then each person places their first two fingers, pointer and birdie. I think also um, index and middle, but pointer it's and birdie sounds birdie. more <laughs> These two. Those two. Underneath the person in front of, like on the ground. I'm laying down. Yep. Then the person closest to their head begins and leads the chant. (gasps) Okay, are you ready? (laughs) It's so much freakier than I knew. She's looking ill. And it goes kind of like around. So it goes, she's looking ill. She's looking ill. She's looking ill. She's looking worse. She's looking worse. She's looking worse. 
she's dead. She's dead. She's dead. <laughs> so there's... <laughs> See how... Stop giggling. We're That's ruining so it. spooky. I'm Ooh, just like... Right. I'm like... I'm nervous giggling. This is a lot. <sighs> okay. So the idea is that they're slowly convincing the group that there's something changing about this person mm-hmm. lying on the floor to make them lighter. Okay. So we're like... She's different now. She's dead. Right. Uh, and then they chant together, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. While at the same time, they're lifting the person into the air using just their fingers. Um, another version have, of the game has the person sitting in a chair and four people stand around the chair, two on each side. And then someone else performs a ritual to make the sitting person lighter. So they rub their hands together like one of these and then like walk backwards oh around the chair. This is real serious. Um, then the four people around the chair place their hands over the sitter's head like um, blessing style. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at that one, but that's, that's yeah. full on what that is. Um, and they um, like transfer their energy into the sitting person. Okay. The ritual made it so they could. And then they do it. Um, and once the ritual is complete, the four people around the chair place two fingers under each of the four corners of the seat of the chair or at the four points of the sitter's body. So two under the knees and two under like the armpits. Okay. And then while chanting light as a feather, stiff as a board, they lift the sitter from the chair. Oh, wow. So why does the trick work? First of all, it does actually work sometimes. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when all the lifters apply their force at the same time, the weight of the person in the center is equally divided between all of them. And then each person is only required to lift. Um, how many people are in this game? With four people around you. So five people total. Okay. Each person is only required to lift 26 to 44 pounds to raise a person weighing between 110 and 176 pounds. Which is easy peasy. Right. Your backpack might weigh 20 pounds. Right. You know, um, the world record, by the by, um, for heaviest deadlift with a pinky finger, you're not, you're going to die. 242 pounds with a pinky finger. It's broken. This one. There's no way. He did it. That's wild. It's a him. Um, Wow. If the players aren't perfectly synchronized... Um, which is made easier by chanting as a group, then they'll fail to lift the person in the center. Okay. So levitation games have been around for hundreds of years, and they were said to be especially popular during times of plague outbreak. The first recorded account of a game of light as a feather stiff as a board comes from the diary of British Naval Administrator Samuel Peeps. (laughs) <laughs> but it's P-E-Y-P-S, and that's how you say it. Peeps. Peeps. On I July like 31st of 1665. Okay. After a chat about enchantments and spells with his friend, Mr. Brisbane, a good scholar and sober man. Perfect. He records Mr. Brisbane's account of his very strange experience witnessing some little girls playing in Bordeaux, France. Anytime little girls do it, it's so it's a 10 times creepier. Of course. <laughs> so here's what he says. He saw four little girls, very young ones, all kneeling, each of them upon one knee. And one began the first line, whispering in the ear of the next and the second to the third and the third to the fourth and she to the first. Then the first began the second line and so round quite through and putting each one finger only to a boy that lay flat upon his back on the ground as if he was dead 
at the end of the words, they did with their four fingers raise this boy high as they could reach. Mr. Brisbane thought this was straight bananas and not a little scary. (laughs) So he sent for the cook of the house, a very lusty fellow who was very big. (laughs) And the girls did raise him in just the same manner. Oh, so the four little French girls chanted, here's a dead body, stiff as a stick, cold as marble, light as a spirit, rise in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not sure why they had to bring Jesus into it, but he's part of this one. That's fair. In 1857, another count of the game is recorded in the magician's own book, which is not a book I own, but I'm going to look for it now. Fair. (laughs) Sounds expensive. (laughs) It does. The heaviest man at the party in Venice, Italy, is told to sit in a chair and six men try and fail to lift him. After coordinated hand clapping and synchronized breathing, which made me think of the lady from, you know, someday somebody's going to. What's that band called? Oh, Turn around, say goodbye. Wilson Phillips? Yes. Yeah, there we go. I got it. They were on um, Family Feud. Oh. And before she does Fast Money, she goes, hold on one second. Holy Spirit, activate. (laughs) Holy Spirit, activate. 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 And then she does Fast Money. That's amazing. Did she win? Yeah, they won. Oh, my God. So that's 100% what these people were doing in Venice, right? For sure. For sure. Holy Spirit, activate. (laughs) Hand clap overhead and everything. Yeah. So good. Okay, so after coordinated hand clapping and synchronized breathing, the men try again and lift the chair and the man with only their four fingers. In an article on lithub.com, The Secret History of Light as a Feather, Stiff as a Board by Emily Temple, Emily and folk historian Elizabeth Tucker talk about why this game is such a hit with girls at sleepovers. I'm excited about this. So this is a quote from their article. Well, technically it is um, Emily's article that she quotes Elizabeth in. Taken symbolically, light as a feather, stiff as a board, occupies a liminal space between life and death. But this is only one of its many liminalities. It's mostly played by girls on the cusp of sexuality and teenagehood, often in a space where most of the participants are temporary guests. It questions the borders, not just between life and death, but also between magic and banality, between the serious and the childish, between the power of the individual and the power of the group. For modern girls, Tucker tells us the symbolic importance of the raising isn't just about resurrection, but also a kind of personal development as the girls who play are typically in the process of moving up from childhood to adulthood. With this ritual and others like it, she writes, pre-adolescent girls are experimenting with their own power to regulate the intriguing, sometimes threatening awareness of their own development. Oh, interesting. I thought that was crazy. So cool. That's really cool. (laughs) Emily later says, this is a good article. Emily, I loved, I loved your article. Nice. Um, She says, when I was young, there was no way to verify these kinds of legends. You had to actually try them. And sure, maybe you didn't really believe, but there was room for doubt, for experimentation. There was room for magic. There is much less room for all of that if you can see that a thousand other kids have done the same thing on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was so, so interesting. That is so, so cool. It just really plays into like 
the secret magic of a girl sleepover. Absolutely. I really liked it. That's light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, crazy. <laughs> Creepy no, French wanna, girls. We were clearly not synchronized when we tried to play. No. Because uh, <laughs> it did not work for us. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, should we talk about another lifting situation? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of the elevator game? I've only heard about it in relation to the girl at the... The creepy hotel in oh, LA. Oh, I talk about that here. Okay. So yeah, that's what that's, that's when I've heard of it. Mm, okay, here we go. Okay, so it's going to take a little prep work for you guys to be able to do this, but the super spooky reward may may be worth it. Maybe mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds kind of <laughs> creepy. Um, so according to some Korean lore, if you're dying to be terrified, this this is it. This is the thing to do. I've never been dying to be terrified. <laughs> Some people are. Some but people I are love so to hear it. stories. Okay, I do too. <laughs> to, I'm not playing this one, you guys. I no. refuse. I absolutely refuse. Okay. So the idea here is you're going to sequence your nighttime elevator ride to a very specific set of floors in a very specific order. Cecil. Sorry. It's at the Cecil Hotel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Whew. Okay. So the steps for entering into this alternate universe. First, you need to make sure that you have found yourself in a building with an elevator that has at minimum 10 floors. Okay. At minimum. So a lot of people do this at hotels. Obviously, the Cecil Hotel is a big one that we'll talk about in a second. Can be anything really, but 10 floors minimum. All right. How brave are you actually? Because you have to make sure you do this ride alone. Oh, no. You don't get backup. There is nobody there to psych you up. There's nobody to talk you down. It is just you hanging out, doing this on your own, which is why I don't think I could do this. First of all, I'm too scared. (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't tell you, but I wonder if having headphones makes it not work. I'm sure that that probably messes with the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just messes it all up. Sometimes when I'm scared to go to Costco alone, headphones Headphones. make it okay. (laughs) I'm, I'm going to wager a guess here. They're not allowed. <laughs> if you're supposed to be alone, you can't have anyone's voice in your ear either. Who even knows if Actually, they have Bluetooth in the other dimension? Right? They might not. I don't know. They might not. Okay. So your first stop, the first, the fourth floor, but don't get out yet. Okay. You're staying in the elevator. So you've pushed the button for the fourth floor. The doors are going to open. You wait for them to close. You now are going to push the button for the second floor. Same rules apply. You're going to let the doors open. You're going to let them close. You're not getting out. Okay. So now we're going to follow this pattern as you make your way up to the sixth floor. Back down to the second floor. Then all the way up to the tenth floor. Okay. At this point, you are now going to make your way to the fifth floor. If the spooky spirits that be are actually in your favor for this one... You will see a woman enter the elevator with you at this point. Oh. But (laughs) no talking. Okay. You can't talk to her. Don't even acknowledge her. And this is going to be difficult because according to the stories, she is going to be someone that you have the strangest sense that you know who she is or you've at least seen her before. Oh. But the story goes that she is going to attempt to convince you to join her in her world. And her world is terrifying as fuck. Oh. (laughs) So you don't want to go. And she's pretty damn convincing. So seriously, shut your damn mouth and make sure you don't even look at her at this point. Okay. So you're on the fifth floor. 
hanging out with this lady in the elevator behind you. All right, here we go. Now the two of you are going to make your way to the first floor. But now one of two things are going to happen. So if the elevator actually goes to the first floor, you're out of luck. But do not talk to the woman behind you. Uh. So you're going to leave. It's done. You didn't get to do it. You got to see a creepy lady, but that's it. Okay. So first floor, great. But your elevator might make its way to the 10th floor instead. (gasps) (sighs) Okay. So you two are going to go to the 10th floor and you have a choice to make. You can stay on the elevator or you can get off. If you choose to get off, similar situation to if the elevator had actually gone to floor one, the lady in the elevator will call out to you, might even call you by name. You still can't even acknowledge her. And now that you've made it, you are actually in a sort of alternate universe. If you were to stay on the elevator, it's going to go back down to whatever floor you fucked up. You still don't get to go to the alternate universe. Okay. Just so we're clear. So now you're there and you're the way you know that you're there is you are completely 100% without a doubt alone. Whatever building you're in, wherever you're at, there is nobody there. It's empty. But you were in a... Oh, that's scary. Mm -hmm. So you might be in, like, some hotel. But as soon as you step off on the 10th floor, there is nobody there. Oh, creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can go explore all you want. It is what it is. How do you make it back home? I don't know. (laughs) Here we go. I'll tell you. Do I have to talk to that lady? You never talk to the lady. Don't okay. talk to the lady. Don't talk Liz. to the lady. <laughs> no. <laughs> so after you've conducted your exploration, you make your way back to the same exact elevator. You're going to fuck yourself up if you pick a different one. I could go to another place. Or you're just stuck there forever. Oh, no. Um, so it has to be the same elevator. And you need to make the same floor traversing pattern that you got you there in the first place. So you're going to the fourth floor, the second floor, the sixth floor, the tenth floor, then the fifth floor. At this point, once again, you're going to push the button for the first floor. If the elevator once again tries to take you to the tenth floor, you are going to immediately push a button for literally any other floor. Because you're fucked if you don't. <laughs> okay, so... You've pushed a button for a different floor. It's going to open up. You're going to start the sequence all over again and hope, hope, hope that you get to the first floor. And that's the only safe floor? That's the only safe floor at this point. So once you've made it to the fourth floor, you want to check and make sure that everything is normal. If anything seems off, you're staying on that elevator. Only exit on the first floor if that's what it is. Otherwise, you're starting the process over again. Also, woman still behind you. Don't fucking talk to her. This is scary. Don't talk to her. But that's it. If you make it back to the first floor, so you just don't make it to the 10th floor or second time or you're fucked. <laughs> but otherwise, just keep going through the sequence and hopefully you make it back to the first floor Until at some you get point. The one. Mm-hmm. If that lady starts laughing at me, I will cry. I've been told by internet randos that... Uh, <laughs> Trustworthy sewers? Absolutely. That she does not talk. That it, she's a silent partner, kind of, but also... I like I heard that she was silent, but then I also heard that she's going to try and convince you that you need to go with her. Tricky, tricky, so, tricky. T- whichever one, I think they both seem freaky to me. Like someone just silently like standing beside, like behind me, mm-hmm. but then also someone being like, "You need to come with me. We need to go. We need to do this thing. You know me. We're going. You you need to come with me." I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like either one. They're both creepy. <laughs> 
that's the game. So now let's talk about the Cecil Hotel and this the role that this may or may not have played in it. It's it's fascinating. It is fascinating. I'm not gonna go super into it. I think there's like so there are there are documentaries out there. I think it would be an interesting topic to do an episode on at some point and someday in the future. I've seen um, a Cecil Hotel documentary, and I've also listened to um, a podcast called Tannis, oh. where they talk about it. But it's like a it's a docudrama that's supposed to be real. Oh, my goodness. It's really good. It's by the same people who do Rabbits. Interesting. Well, and... Um... American Horror Story. A whole season was devoted to the Cecil Hotel. It was? Yeah. I was too afraid to watch that show. (laughs) But I did. um, I stopped having Netflix for a while because we have so many. And then I realized all the junk TV I watch is on Netflix. So now that I have Netflix again, maybe I'll do it. (laughs) You You should watch that one. It was. I actually thought that one was really well done. So watch watch I mean, the season it that has was such based critical on the acclaim the whole series right so it's it's good <sighs> okay so it's not proven but there are rumors that the creepy history of the Cecil Hotel are tied to this game so I'm gonna give those of you who don't know because I asked Brian and he actually didn't know which I was kind of surprised about hmm. um so I'm gonna give you guys the briefest 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 of overviews and then maybe someday we'll do an episode in the meantime there are so many documentaries out there it's really interesting mm-hmm. Okay, so once the height of luxury in the budget hotel world, the Cecil remained a popular destination throughout the Depression years. It was a big place for business people to just kind of come, go, stay. It was just, it was easy, but it was beautiful. It's in a great part of Los Angeles that's mm-hmm. now um, not a great part of Los Angeles. It's not, it's not great anymore. But yeah, it was, in an, it was in a pretty nice part of Los Angeles. It wasn't like a bad place to go. And if you have to go on business somewhere, this is a great place to be. Mm-hmm. There are 14 floors, 700 guest rooms. Um, it's, it's massive. But over the years... It kind of gained a dark reputation for being a site of violent suicide and murder. A lot. A lot of it. At least two serial killers do a, a pass by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's this place is for sure got haunted vibes. Yeah. It's got a, it's got a real serious vibe. It's a real bad yeah. one. <laughs> the story that coincides with the game above occurred in 2013 and basically went viral. Canadian student Eliza Lamb came to Los Angeles for vacation, but things got weird. By herself. By herself. She came by herself. So video catches Eliza just showing up on random floors in this hotel. Like she's popping in and out of this elevator and she like is looking back and forth up and down the hall. She just looks like she's losing it. Like she looks odd. Well, and like she, like people note that she looks like she's like trying to hide at some point, or like she's trying to run from something. It seems like I've so I've seen some of the videos. It yeah. looks like she's like jumping back into the elevator. Yeah. It's it's spooky it's as hell. It's real spooky. It is spooky as hell, and it's another reason why I won't play this game. <laughs> <laughs> so her last stop is a floor that has no video camera on it. We don't know where she went. We don't know what it was. We don't know fully, fully, fully what happened to her. Um, But that's the last. So the last thing we see is like her on some random floor and she's going back into the elevator to a different floor. Mm -hmm. She goes to a floor where some camera isn't. She's found later in a water tank uh, on top of the roof of the hotel. And 
it doesn't look like anybody did anything to her. It doesn't look like she's been murdered. It doesn't look like anything like that. It's a little suspicious in that they're not positive she could have gotten in there by herself. Right. But also she could have. She could have. So it's it's questionable that, like, she could have done it. It's questionable that something had to happen to her. There weren't any really, like, real obvious signs of foul play. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a weird situation. It was, it's nuts. And what she did and her, the actions that she did mirrored this, like, almost perfectly this game like it's it's wild so she is she was uh diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. um so that that does probably play a big part into what happened and the fact that like she was documented as somebody who if she wasn't taking the right dosage of medication weird things could happen in the thing that i saw they talk a lot about um tumblr being like a big catalyst to what makes it go viral because she was a a serious poster on tumblr she was she definitely was it's just it's crazy you look at it and it may like the instructions for this just seem like they make a lot of sense it looks like that's she might be up to yeah it definitely does look like she that's what she could be up to that's the elevator game. It spooks me. I don't want to play it. It's not for me. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a no from me. I also have one that you have to play alone. I don't like playing alone. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> this one's called The Three Kings. I, I People told me about this and I told them they couldn't tell me because you weren't going to tell yeah. me. I haven't heard about this one before. Tis scary. Ugh. They made a note in one of the things that I read to mention that it's not the same as the voodoo ritual of the same name. Okay. Um, but it can seem kind of similar. It looks to me like this is the one that has its roots in internet culture and possibly creepypasta. Okay. <laughs> but it's scary. Hey. First of all, do not attempt this ritual unless you have a question you desperately need an answer to. Okay. Can I just have na- add a caveat here, just temporarily? Yeah. We don't suggest doing any of these. No. Mm-mm. If you do it and creepy shit happens to you, that's your fault. And if we gave you instructions that make it so you something bad happens to you, they're just from the internet. So mm-hmm. I can't be liable. Absolutely not. <laughs> just, just saying. Coming back in for the spooks. Back in for the spooks. This this is very, you have to get this exactly right. Okay. So let me tell you. First, you have to assemble the following items. Mm-hmm. You need a large room devoid of natural light. So no windows or windows that you can totally cover up. Oh my God, we can do this in our basement. <laughs> and a door that will close securely. Mm. You need a candle. Okay. One that will last for a while. Okay. Um, a lighter for the candle. Okay. A small bucket of water and a cup. Okay. An electric fan. Two large mirrors, like the kind on the back of your door or your closet when you to see what you look like in your clothes. Ooh, okay. An alarm clock. No oh one God. has those. You no. can use your phone alarm. Perfect. <laughs> Three chairs. A fully charged cell phone. Very important. A buddy who you trust who will follow the rules and take them seriously. And a small object of sentimental value to you. This is going to act like your totem later on. Okay. Is the buddy just there to come check on you later? I'll tell you, but yeah, basically. Oh my God. (laughs) Here's how you set up. Okay. Setup begins at 11 p.m. Okay. Place the first chair facing north near the center of the room. This will be the throne. Ooh. 
Place the second and third chairs on either side of the first, about an arm's length away from the throne, turned towards it. So facing the throne. Okay. These chairs are for the queen and the fool. Okay. I don't, it doesn't tell you which one's which. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> this is the one that scared me the most when I was reading it. Okay. Place the two mirrors in the chairs for the queen and the fool facing the throne. Okay. So that when you sit in the throne, you should be able to see your reflection in each mirror in your Mm-mm-mm. periphery. Mm-mm-mm. So if you, you don't turn your head, you just like scan to the side. Or even if you're looking straight ahead, you can barely see it in your okay. periphery over here. You don't want to look at these mirrors ever. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) Put the bucket of water and the cup on the floor in front of in front of the throne close enough that you can reach them if you need them, but not so close you might trip on them. Okay. (laughs) Set up the fan behind the throne and turn it on to medium or low. It doesn't have to be on high. Okay. Turn off the lights and leave the room, but leave the door open and go to your bedroom. I don't want my bedroom haunted. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Put the candle. This sounds like a sleepover. Stop. <laughs> Put the candle and the lighter next to your phone where you can find them easily and set the alarm for 3.30 a.m. Okay. Get into bed, holding your significant object, and go to sleep. Mm. Which sounds like a bad idea. I but don't think I could sleep. When the alarm goes off at 3.30 a.m., you begin the ritual. Light the candle and take it, your phone, and your sentimental object with you into the prepared room. You only have three minutes to get there. Oh, okay. Go inside and close the door. Leave your trusted friend right outside the door and instruct them to wait there and be very quiet. Mm. Sit on the throne with the candle in your lap. If your body should slump to the side or suddenly be moved, the fan will blow out the candle and end the ritual. So do not, for any reason, look directly into the mirrors on either side of you. And do not stare directly at the candle's flame. Look straight ahead into the darkness and hold still. If you are seated on the throne by 3.33 a.m., you may continue the ritual. If you don't wake up at 3.30 a.m., do not continue the ritual. If you return to the prepared room and the door is closed, remember we left it open, mm-hmm. do not continue the ritual. Oh my God. Leave the house and take everyone inside with you. Do not return it until after 6 a.m. If the fan is off or not working, do not continue with the ritual. Leave the house, take everyone inside with you, and don't return mm-hmm. until after 6 a.m. When you're sitting in the throne... Ask a question aloud. Assuming you have followed the instructions of the ritual exactly, you will be joined by the kings and they will answer your question. They may speak out loud to you, but remember, you cannot look into the mirrors, no matter how startled you might be by their appearance. You have one hour with the kings. They'll likely make it difficult for you to get direct answers. They may answer your questions with questions or give you answers you don't like. If at any point you look directly into either of the mirrors during the ritual, what you see there may pull your consciousness inside the mirror to be trapped by the kings. Do not be disrespectful or cavalier. The kings will not be chill and you and your friend may suffer consequences. Do not let the candle go out during the ritual. 
<sighs> I got goosebumps. Uh-huh. At 4.34 a.m., the ritual must end. Do not leave the throne before 4.34 a.m. Instruct your friend on the other side of the door to call out your name. If you don't respond, they should call you on your phone. If and only if you do not respond to either call, your friend should enter the room and call your name to call you back from the ritual. They should absolutely not touch you to bring you back. If you don't respond to their calls, they can use the cup to splash water in your face. Use the sentimental object in your hand if you feel like you want to come back, but you're having a hard time. Use it to ground you and help you return to a conscious state. Once you've responded to your friend's call, immediately stand up, blow out the candle and leave the room to end the ritual. Oh, my God. Isn't it scary? That's spooky. (laughs) Everything I read said that you have to take it deadly seriously or it's or and and they also warned don't take it seriously enough that it'll work but be chill enough that you piss them off okay and one said at some point you're going to have to be able to determine which one's the queen and which one's the fool and to them you are in the position of the queen or the fool you make one of the three kings okay so you might have to identify who's who to get answers to your questions wild it's intense. Oh, that's spooky. There's like, I, I looked it up. There's a lot of historical significance to three kings, mm-hmm. um, but nothing about this ritual. That's interesting. I didn't look into the voodoo aspect of it because that's a whole other situation. Yep. And also culturally significant. And right. I didn't want to casually talk about it. No. That just seemed unfair. Not. Yeah. So... It's, it might just be made up. It could be. But so was Slender Man, and now I feel like he's hella real. He's hella so real, for sure. <laughs> That's where we're at. <laughs> I got spooked. <laughs> Don't want to play that one, but I have a similar one. Okay, kind of similar, but different. Have you played the Midnight Game? No. Mm. I haven't played any games. I know. I'm toilet paper the house. I haven't played this one either. <laughs> okay. So the quote unquote origins of this game, because there's you don't really know where this started, but some people think that it's pagan in nature. So the cool. story is that when someone offended the gods, this is the ritual that they would have to complete in penance. At the end of it, either the offending person would be scared straight or they died. <laughs> So either way, the gods are satisfied. For sure. For (laughs) sure. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it adds some spooky flavor to the whole thing. Okay. So this one requires to us to gather some objects as well. (laughs) The list. The list. Okay. A pen and paper. A candle and a lighter. Some tape. Salt. A wood door, a needle, and I'm going to say a needle per person that is playing. Okay. This is Shannon's caveat. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a second because blood. Oh, makes sense. And I'm not joking. You will be spilling at least a single drop of blood for this. Oh. (sighs) Okay. How to play. You can play with as many people as you want, but everyone has to be in the same house and you have to be indoors. You cannot play this outside. It has to be inside. Also important, the house needs to have at least one wooden door in it. 
Okay. Okay. We're inside. We're inside. You're in a room with a wooden door in it. You need to secure yourself in there. Oh, for a second, I was like, just a loose wooden door. No, you, it has to be a wooden door. And they think that, like, the reasons why people say it's a wooden door is back to page, pagan rituals, like, bring yourself back into nature. Something like we talked about lines. on Friday the 13th. Yes. How touching wood can get you very goodness. This one gets you good or bad. We'll find out. Okay. <laughs> but it is very much like, they, that's what they said, is it's supposed to, like, bring in a nature element to all of it. Okay, so once you're all gathered together, and it can be as many of you as you want, there's no limit, but everybody has to sign their name to this piece of paper that you've brought in with you, and then everybody has to seal the signature with a drop of their own blood. Gross. I know. And this is why I'm saying, bring your own needle, because you don't mess with that shit. Blood stuff, you just don't mess with. It's just, it's not a good plan. It's not worth it making it extra spooky by passing around the same needle. Use your own damn needle. PSA, people can have bloodborne pathogens that they don't even know they have. Right. So. It's just. It's worth it to be careful. It's worth it to be careful. Okay. So at this point, you've put all of your signatures down. You've marked it with blood. You've sealed it with blood. At this point, you're waiting for midnight to strike. So maybe plan accordingly for that one. Once it gets close to midnight, you're going to tape the paper with everyone's signatures to the wooden door and you're going to light your candle. At the stroke of midnight, everybody knocks on that same wood door 29 times. That's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) Once you finish knock number 29, you're going to blow out the candle and you're going to open the door. And hopefully, if you're lucky, you're going to be welcoming in the midnight man. There's a ma- there's a midnight man. I don't know how I feel about this. So, good job. You did it. But now you need to follow the next steps carefully or you might die. Okay. Okay. So follow carefully. Immediately you're going to relight that candle you just blew out. So hopefully you still have your lighter handy. And you need to get walking. You're going to want to walk fast because you don't want the midnight man getting near you. Ooh. He's coming for you, by the way. But he's right outside the door. You're leaving. I have to get past him? So, Runner, him? you've got to find a way to get past him. You're going to be walking. You're going to be walking fast. You're going to be going. But you can't run because, caveat here, you can't let that candle go out. Oh. Whatever you do, you need to keep that safe. If it goes out, you have 10 seconds to get it relit. If you oh, fail yeah. to get it relit in time... That's why you have salt. So better have some salt on hand. Remember how I said we needed to bring salt? Mm-hmm. If your candle goes out for longer than 10 seconds, make a salt circle around you. You're camping out there for the rest of the game. <laughs> you, you leave the circle. Get can't ya. promise anything. They might get, he might get you. Okay, so at this point, you might have noticed that the midnight man is trying to fill your head with all kinds of terrifying visions. You need to fight through it and either keep moving with that lit candle in hand or you're hunkering down in that salty circle. Either way, don't let him get to you. You have to make it, this is interesting, until 3.33 a.m., not p.m. Oh. At that point, you can turn on the lights, leave the house, or do really whatever your heart desires. You have made it through and the midnight man did not get you. So the whole point is to be scared. The whole point is just to be scared as hell. (laughs) Great. That's all. (laughs) Great. Isn't that what all of this is for? A good spooky time? Speaking of a good spooky time, should we take a break so we can breathe? Yeah. um, Everybody go get some salt. Meet you back here. Love you. Bye.
Okay, we're back. Are you ready for this scary story? Oh, no, my heart's pounding. This one, this might make you feel better. Let me scroll to my sources because the website this comes from is very funny. <laughs> Scaryforkids.com. <laughs> That's so many on those. You did. I did. <laughs> so we're going to be great. This is the Cat Scratch game. Ooh. Also known as Cat Scratches. Also known as Black Cat Scratch. Okay. Here's how you play. Perfect. The first person sits on the floor, crisscross applesauce, Mm -hmm. and the second person lies on the floor on their back and puts their head in the first person's lap. Okay. Uh, And then everyone sits in a circle around the two. You only need two people, but if there's more people, we'll have to sit sit in a a circle. circle. Okay. Then the person, person one rubs the temples of person two in a soothing way and tells them a scary story about a cat. Mm. There are two kitty stories. It doesn't work the first time you can tell on the next story. Perfect. Story one. Mm. (sighs) There once was an old lady who owned a cat. The cat was very nice. It meowed and purred. One day, the cat got hit by a car and died. Cat scratch, cat scratch, cat scratch. Mm -mm. The old lady got a new cat. The cat was very mean. It hissed and clawed. Cat scratch, cat scratch, cat scratch. One day, the cat got hit by a car and died. The old lady decided not to get any more cats. Cat scratch, cat scratch, cat scratch. Mm -hmm. And then the person's supposed to jump up and lift up their shirt, and there'll be scratch marks on their back. Oh, my God. If it didn't work, it's because you guys didn't get into it well enough. Okay. So then you have to tell the second story. Yeah, okay. Now, everybody be serious. Okay. This is the part where all the girls have to stop giggling. Of course. It's for realsies this time. Yes. Story two. Ooh. You're walking through a dark alley late at night. You're the only one there. The ground is slick with rain. The alley is filled with garbage cans and litter. But then you hear something. A movement in the garbage cans. You pick up your pace. You want to get out of the alley fast. But then you see something. Red eyes. Glowing red cat eyes. Mm-mm. They're the eyes of an enormous cat. Mm-mm. You run, but the cat chases you and jumps on you. It scratches you. One, two, three. Cat scratch, cat scratch, cat scratch. <laughs> then they jump up and pull up their shirt and they'll be scratches on their back. They don't last very long and they don't hurt. Oh. And that's, that's cat scratch. Out of all of them, I'd probably do that one the most. Because <laughs> it seems a, the most least scary. Like, uh-huh. we're all going to feel creeped out, but, but also not scared like I need to call my mom. <laughs> I need to come home. I'm not okay. <laughs> we, we did the thing you said not to do. I'm really I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me. I, I want to go home. Ashley's dad said she'd <laughs> drive me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep, cat scratch. You guys want to hear when I actually played and it's... I just... Dumb, dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <sighs> Concentrate is the name of the game. <laughs> Concentrate. Concentrate. The goal of this game, other than scaring you, is to find out just how you are going to die. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm... No, thank you. I should have said no, thank you. 
<laughs> um, so this was a popular game back in the 90s, maybe 2000s. And it's just further proof to me that kids can be really creepy as hell. <laughs> um, I remember bits and pieces of it from my own experiences. And I'm pretty sure, and this will make sense later, that I only ever saw black and yellow. We'll get into this. Okay. But just remember, I saw black and I saw yellow. Black makes sense for sure. Um, we'll talk about that soon. <laughs> okay, so the game requires a, a minimum of two people. The rest is kind of similar to yours. They'll just stand in a circle around. Okay. If there's more. Okay. One stands and closes their eyes. The other stands behind the first and completes the following actions and chants in order. And these are fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so the chorus. So every time you repeat this portion, you pound lightly on the victim's back with both fists. Concentrate. Concentrate. Concentrate on what I'm saying. People are dying. Children are crying. Concentrate. Concentrate. Concentrate on what I'm saying. I don't like it. Verse number one. When you reach verse number one, you're going to tap the person on the top of their head with your fist. And run your hands down both sides of their head. You're imitating the feeling of a cracking egg. This is the part that is most people... Is this where people, the egg crack thing mm -hmm, comes from? Mm-hmm. I thought about looking that up, this and I is, forgot. This is where it comes from. So this is like the the beginning. This is getting you into it. <laughs> so, so you're going to crack an egg on your head. Let the yolk run down. Let the yolk run down. Crack an egg on your head. Let the yolk run down. Let the yolk run down. And then you're going to repeat the chorus for the sake of time. I'm not going to repeat the chorus every time it says the chorus, but it's that concentrate, concentrate, concentrate on what I'm saying. Verse number two, you're going to twist your hands on their shoulders and run your hands down their arms. Squeeze an orange on your shoulder. Let the juice drip down. Let the juice drip down. Squeeze an orange on your shoulder. Let the juice drip down. Let the juice drip down. Chorus again of concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Verse number three, you're going to poke them on either side of their torso and run your hands down their sides. Stick a, stick a needle in your sides. Let the blood drip down. Let the blood drip down. Stick a needle in your sides. Let the blood drip down. Let the blood drip down. Concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Chorus, full thing all over again. <sighs> okay, verse four, tap them on the back with your fist and run your hands down their back. Stab a knife in your back. Oh. Let the blood drip down. Let the blood drip down. Stab a knife in your back. Let the blood drip down. Let the blood drip down. Concentrate, concentrate, concentrate. Full chorus again. This is intense. It is. I did this as a kid. Um, verse number five, mime. This is, this is the real intense part. Mime wrapping a rope around their neck and then pull on the imaginary rope. The victim's head should fall back as if they are being hung. Wrap a rope around your neck. Wrap it till it's tight. Wrap it till it's tight. Wrap a no rope around your neck and pull. <sighs> Jesus. Now the person, now hold the person <laughs> by their arms gently, swaying them back and forth. Whisper the I following wasn't in the to ear. Go to sleepovers. <laughs> I'm sorry. <sighs> You're standing on a building. You're out on the ledge. You're feeling very dizzy. You're close to the edge. And someone pushes you. And then you push them. Okay. I don't like We're at the end of the of chanting. This. Step number three, player one asks player two to say what color they saw when they were pushed. The color reveals how they're going to die later in their life. 
We just played mash. <laughs> I don't know why we played this. Red means you're stabbed. Blue means you're going to drown in water. Yellow means you're going to be poisoned. Oh. Orange, so I might be poisoned someday. That's we'll exciting. find out, right? I guess if I have to go anyway, that might be the way to go. I like the drama. I do too. And it's also not drowning in water or orange burning. Oh, no. So, <laughs> green, you're going to fall from a great height onto grass. Purple is suffocation. Brown is buried alive. Gray is disease. White is mean you've died and you're going to go to heaven. Black means you've died and you're going to go to hell. Oh. Welcome, my friends. I'm going to be going to hell because we're all shocked and surprised. After you got poisoned. After I got poisoned. This is kind of a good story. Will you? And you'll be very, very old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And wealthy. And wealthy. With so many, wealthy. many pearls. That makes perfect sense. That feels like a Shannon move for sure. I like it. I played that as a kid. That's real scary. Why the fuck did we do that? I don't that know. That was so dumb. So dumb. But oh. we did it. That's concentrate. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oof. You guys, um, here's another one with some history, so it won't hurt our feelings. Oh, perfect. Ouija boards. Yay! Ouija boards are so cool. They are so cool. I, ha- I have played with a Ouija you board have? before. Yes. They're so forbidden. They are so forbidden. Where does one even obtain such a the thing? The same sleepover is when you play concentrate. <laughs> Who's, whose house were you at? <laughs> Some random one. My, my parents had the opposite thing. They were so fine with me having sleepovers. I went to so many places. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I slept over one time at Stacy Smith's house. Well, that's a safe one. I slept over at Jasmine's house where we watched a scary movie on Laserdisc. It was mm-hmm, the best mm-hmm. night of my life. Beautiful. Um, and I'm sure I had at least one more, right? I had to have had at least one more sleepover in my lifetime. Did you ever sleep over at our house? No, I would stay pretty late, but my mom would always come pick me up. She wouldn't let me sleep there for the night. Oh, I slept over at Anacelia's birthday party at her house in fourth grade. Okay, perfect. Three sleepovers. Three. That's, that's it. I feel like we put honey on the face of a girl who was allergic to honey. Oh no. Didn't turn out very fun. Mm. But she was a great lady. That Anacelia. Cool girl. Nice. I like it. Very cool girl. Okay. Ouija board. (laughs) A Ouija board, spirit board, or talking board is a flat board that's been marked with the letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, yes, no, and sometimes hello and goodbye. It comes with a planchette, which is a heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic, which is used to facilitate automatic writing by pointing to or spelling out messages. Okay. To use it, participants place their fingers on the planchette and it is moved over the board. Some believe that spirits cause the planchette to move. Others posit that it's something called idiomotor effect. Coming from the terms idio, idea, or mental representation, and motor, a muscular action, idiomotor phenomenon is a physiological phenomenon where a subject makes motion unconsciously. Okay. Um, They also call it idiomotor response and idiomotor reflex. Okay. Kind of like um, sometimes if you get burned, your hand moves before you tell it to. Right. Because it's like, that hurts. Get out. I don't like this. Your body just reacts. Okay. So a lot of times... um, if people's hands are moving and they didn't do it, they might not even be conscious that they did it. That makes sense. Yeah. Which makes it all the more believable. Right. 
And as we all know, I believe in magic, so it's probably yeah, real. It's definitely real. <laughs> definitely. Automatic writing reaches all the way back to around 1100 AD in China. Oh, wow. During the Song Dynasty, Fuji was a form of planchette writing using and to, um, used to communicate with the spirit world. It was later forbidden during the Qing Dynasty. Mm-hmm. So it's safe to say that as long as there have been people, there have probably been people who longed to speak to the dead to reach through the veil of time and space and touch the loved ones that they had lost. It's also probably safe to say that as long as there have been people, there have been people who love to be spooked. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) For these clearly scientific reasons, spiritualism in one form or another is as old as our species. Probably. Probably. Modern spiritualism started um, with one such spooky person in Hydesville, New York in 1848. Kate Fox was a girl who apparently managed to successfully communicate with the spirit of a man who had been murdered in her family's home. This news was so big and so awesome that it inspired a movement. There's a lot more about the Fox sisters and how eventually they confessed to how they were doing it with their fingers and the knuckles or something, which is a great story that we should definitely tell sometime. But this isn't about them. This is about how spiritualism leads to these talking boards being used again. Um, So starts the movement. Okay. All over the place, people were using different methods to contact spirits. By the 1860s, it was all the rage in England and France. This naturally led to the rise of many mediums, people who possessed special gifts, which helped them communicate with spirits, who earned their living hosting sittings and seances. Seance comes from the French word to sit. So like oh, a sit. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, on the stage and in the homes of those wishing to be entertained or looking for answers and enlightenment from the spirit world. Spiritualism led to the use of talking boards starting in the late 1880s. So the whole point of it is to assist you. Right. Another tool in experiencing something from the other side. The Ouija board was created by Charles Kennard in Baltimore, Maryland. He was not a spiritualist. Okay. He was a capitalist. That makes sense. (laughs) Charles got together with E.C. Reich, who was a coffin maker and undertaker. I love how we had a creepy guy in just for funsies. I love it. More spookies. He Um, was a, wait, a coffee maker? Coffin. Okay. (laughs) I don't think the undertaker should get to make foodstuffs. I'm not sure about that. I was confused. I think that those are two very different permitting processes. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sorry. I heard Seth coffee. Has some Going kind back. of food handler's permit. We can ask you if that was on the test. <laughs> Are you allowed to be an undertaker and a coffee maker? Does this apply to spaghetti and dead people? Mm. Not necessarily the same category, but, no, but what do I know? Right? Um, so they started to produce these wooden talking boards together for money reasons. Of course. Charlie claimed to have invented the talking board. A tool that's been around in one form or another for literally thousands of years. (laughs) Charlie was having trouble getting investors to fund his brilliant idea. And that's when Elijah Bond enters the chat. Elijah and Charlie created Kennard Novelty Company in 1890, along with a few other investors. Kennard et al. claimed that the board named itself after they asked it what it should be called. The board said, Ouija is an ancient Egyptian phrase meaning good luck. Oh, Here, we take a quick second to sympathize with the Egyptian people. Yeah. For some reason, 
white people who may or may not have known Egypt was a real place attributed anything fantastical to the ancient Egyptians because they assumed no one would ever believe or no one would ever be able to prove them wrong. That just feels like a really white person thing to do. Joseph Smith did the same thing. Yeah, he did. He super did. The Rosetta Stone seriously doused the flames of many a cock Asian charlatan circa 1824. My sincerest apologies, Egypt. You remain cool as hell. Sorry the queen died before she could give you all your stuff back. Best of luck with Charles. H-R-H, as they say. (laughs) The other popular explanation for the board's name is that it comes from the combination of the French and German words for yes. Oui and ja. Okay. Because that's how you spell it. O-U-I-J-A. Yeah. Ouija. Elijah's sister-in-law, Helen Peters, helped design the handle... I don't know if he meant handle like there's a handle on the board or the planchette. He okay. just says handle in this article um, and maybe named the board. Okay. She also persuaded the patent officer to file the patent on the Ouija board by demonstrating the, the board's use by having it spell out the patent officer's name, which Helen did not know. Oh. He bought it, whether or not it was a setup, and issued the patent in 1897. It's weirdly assigned to Charlie, but lists Elijah as the inventor. Oh. So we're all just like throwing things in the air at this point. For sure. Elijah was an attorney, so he probably changed it before he handed it in. I guarantee (laughs) that's what happened. (laughs) Kennard Novelty Company. And what I'm saying is Kennard, not Kenner. Okay. Um, Kenner is the toy company that I believe still owns the rights to the Star Wars toys. I think so, yeah. Kennard is different with a D. Um, the Kennard Novelty Company soon hired William Fold, an employee of Elijah's, and they got to work making lots of Ouija boards. Ouija, the wonderful talking board, hit the shelves in 1891 and was sold for $1.50. Oh, wow. A steal. Which would be $48.84 Not a today, steal. <laughs> in case you hadn't cried about inflation mm. yet. Yep. <laughs> Every day. Ooh. Charlie and Elijah get the boot, and William Fold starts running the show. In 1927, Fold died after falling off the roof of a new factory that he said the Ouija board told him to build. Mm, okay. That's probably what you get when you take other people's companies. That's I don't fair, know. yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. Ouija's got something to do with uh, karma. Mm, they might, maybe they know each other. They, they've intersected, for sure. My favorite line from <laughs> Moana is uh, when... I think she's on the little boat with Maui and he pushes her off and the the ocean puts her back in. Uh And she's like, the ocean is a friend of mine. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my gosh. Karma's just like, Ouija is a a friend of mine. mine. The sass. I love it. Second favorite thing about Moana, mm-hmm. my little nieces and nephews told their dad that they thought that Tafiti with all the green parts on her looked like me, which is not true, but I'm taking it. So <laughs> like they haven't seen me in a while. Ooh, let them have it. I'd love to look like that. She's lovely. She, you're lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Less green. Yes. But I have tried that Hulk filter on TikTok. Mm. Everyone looks amazing in it. I need to try this. It makes you look like the She-Hulk. Oh. I mean, it's the kind of contour I've never obtained in my real life. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to check this out now. It's intense. Okay. What were we talking about? Okay. People in the United States remained infatuated with the Ouija board pretty much until The Exorcist in 1973. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
This movie, which was supposedly based on a true story, depicted a girl who becomes possessed by a demon after playing with a Ouija board. The 60s and 70s were a complicated time for in the sure. US. <laughs> for sure. So many serial killers. Oh my God. <laughs> and like creepy ones, like the Zodiac killer. Right? Like the kind that sound like they have a plan. Which is real scary. I don't like that at all. The ones with that one, they're, they're all scary. Mm. Um, the Manson murders were in the 60s. Satanism, which isn't bad, but the name really scares people. Mm-hmm. Um, rumors of witchy Satan worshiping, baby sacrificing cults. It was all very dramatic. Mm-hmm. To quote the Bible as a literary text, oh. there's nothing new under the sun. <clears throat> Better yet, to quote the bare naked ladies, it's all been done before. <laughs> like, it's just... All the time. I when when things started getting politically a lot heavy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my father in law and I was like, is this how it always feels though? Like uh. like when during Vietnam, is this what it was? Yeah. Like, should I panic? Or is this the same like the world is out of control that has always been? Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he was just kind of like, it's kind of the same. Like he didn't have a real concrete answer for me. Mm. I asked several people who were alive longer than me and none of them had much wisdom to give. And it was a bummer. I don't like that. <laughs> Does this feel uh, the same or like different? Mm, I need to know. <laughs> it's same, but like a different flavor. <laughs> Should I panic? I don't want to panic. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, people who are always crazy, they're crazy still. After The Exorcist, churches and other conservative organizations started telling everybody's parents that Ouija boards were evil and Mm -hmm. ruined a lot of slumber parties. Little known fact, teenage girls are experts at hiding shit. Absolutely. And the ritual of the sleepover is sacred. Absolutely it is. People, especially adolescents, are still fucking around with talking boards. For sure. This is a quote from a Nerdist article about the history of Ouija boards. In November of 2014, 30... Oh, here's some incidents of of more current Ouija use. Okay. And some negative consequences. In November of 2014, 35 Bolivian students were hospitalized because of trances, sweating, and rapid heartbeats after playing with a Ouija board. There have been stories of mass fainting and spirit possession in Mexico. Uh-huh. hysteria and even the rise of a 2015 viral game called charlie charlie players would create a makeshift version of a ouija board with yes and no on a piece of paper the game uses two pencils to supposedly chat with a demonic spirit uh-huh. so they're doing like that automatic writing stuff mm-hmm. it's also um in the stand okay which is an excellent book that I really enjoyed. And as we are experiencing plague times, I just think everyone would like it. That's fair. It makes it a little magical and a little spooky and like gives a reason for things. Okay. Uh, it blames the government for scary viruses. Mm-hmm. Like all of it is nice. I enjoy yeah. it very much. Okay. Scary wolves. Beautiful. Magic black lady. Love this. Have you, I don't know if it's from other things. I'm sure it is, but it's in um, one of the sketches on Key and Peel, like the mystical black person. And mm-hmm. then they all get into a magic fight in mm-hmm. the office building yep. after hours. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not, a, it's not a great trope as far as racism goes. Right. Um, but it is nice when someone saves the day. It is. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, movies and TV shows still use Ouija boards. Um, and the vibe that they're intending is universally felt. We all somehow know, having been exposed to the board at some point, that something creepy is about to commence when the Ouija board comes out of the game closet. Yes. 
Contrastingly, people are also still using Ouija boards in their spiritual work. Oh, Spiritualists, occultists, and witches pretty much agree that if you're cautious, respectful, and use common sense, the talking board can be a source of connection with the other side. Oh, I like that. Oh, that one was way less creepy for me. <laughs> that one was way Thanks less creepy. Thanks for letting me finish without that scariness. Are you going to scare us now? Um, I think we all know the story of Bloody Mary, right? Like, yeah. We all have heard how to play it. We've all heard how to do it. I'm going to go into it because that was kind of the thing that gave us this idea in the first yes. place. So it had to be done. So I'm going to finish up with that. And it's the only one I've ever played. <laughs> oh, nice. So you do know. <laughs> it's good. So we'll uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the lore behind it. I'm not going to get super into it, but we'll just we'll tell people who don't know how to play. When we talk about Six the Musical, perhaps we'll tell you all about Henry VIII and each of his wives. Yes. But not today. We're, we're, we'll get into it a tiny bit. We're, we're, it's just a lot to touch on. Yeah, it's a big story. <laughs> it's a big story. <laughs> All right. Chant her name three times, and are you going to regret it, or is she going to be benevolent? Who knows? And are you really willing to risk it? Odds are, it's not real. But maybe it is. Could be. So I'm going to tell you how to play, and then we'll get into who Mary might actually be in the first place. Ooh. All right. So how to play? She's not. She's Mary Queen. Sorry. I was just thinking that she's not one of Henry VIII's wives. No, she might be. There's, she might there's be. A bunch of different, there's a bunch of different possibilities. There are? Yeah. Oh, good. Because mm-hmm. that was embarrassing. No, there's a bunch of different possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before the version that I'm sure most of us have heard of today, back in the 19th century, girls used to play the game just a little differently. So one girl would hold a lit candle in one hand. And a small mirror in the other. That makes it scarier. I know. She turns off the lights, holds up the lit candle, and walks backwards up the stairs while looking into the mirror. Legend has it that she would see one of two things. Yes. (laughs) No. Yes. That is scarier. I know. I don't like it. We were in the school bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So one of two things might happen. Maybe she would see the face of her future spouse. Well, that's romantic. Or maybe she would see the dead skull face of the Grim Reaper himself. Oh. This meant that she would die before she had the chance to marry. Oh. So, a little sad. Today is the, today's version is different. 19th century. I can't tell you what's better or worse, to die first or get married, honestly. So. I don't know. It's mm. kind of like a flip a coin situation. Both. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is a flip a coin. It's a flip a coin. (laughs) Okay, so where today's version truly came from and when exactly it started isn't super known, but it's officially documented starting back in the 1970s. Okay, so in today's game, the person participating will invoke the name of Bloody Mary through the ritual of catoptromancy. Oh. This just means divination using a mirror. It goes back into the ancient Greek times. So we kind of took it upon ourselves to just steal that one. Nice. Okay. Once again, all of the lights in the room must be turned off. The brave participant will invoke the name of Bloody Mary 13 times in this. Auspicious. By the end of the 13th time, an image of Mary should appear in the mirror behind you. Descriptions of how Mary will look and how she's going to behave vary. She might be a witch or a corpse covered in blood. 
Get it? Bloody Mary. (laughs) She might be kind to you, but prepare yourself for her to scream at you, curse at you, possibly strangle you, maybe steal your soul, drink the blood from your body, or scratch your eyes out completely. What? So it's worth it, you know? Oh my god. (laughs) Perfect. If you play the game and nothing happens, have no fear. Lucia Peters, author of Dangerous Games to Play in the Dark, has found some alternate methods to try that just might work. Okay. Before there was no specific time frame. First thing, maybe try playing it at midnight. Why not raise the stakes? Why not raise the stakes a little bit? Maybe chant the name Bloody Mary three times instead of 13, which I think is the most common one. Right. That's what I'm used to. Mm -hmm. You might also chant the name Bloody Mary seven times. The most magically powerful number? Yes. This is why you might remember playing it in a bathroom. Run the water in the sink while chanting Bloody Mary's name. Another option, instead of gazing into the mirror while chanting Bloody Mary's name, spin slowly in place. After the 12th repetition, again, we're doing it 13 times in this version, stop spinning, face the mirror, and chant the 13th repetition while looking into the mirror. No, thank you. No. Another option, replace the chant of Bloody Mary with a chant of Bloody Mary, I stole your baby. I would never. Never. That goes with one of the versions that might be real. Or replace the chant of Bloody Mary with the chant, I believe Mary Worth. We'll talk about that. That's another possible. I think I might get more into that one, just assuming what it might be about. That's fair. Some words of caution from Lucia as well. Once Mary gets there, there is no definitive way to get her out. So maybe try drawing a cross on the mirror for three nights in a row. Maybe try burning some sage. Just... Good luck. Burn your house down and move away. Pretty much that. Nice. (laughs) Also, don't break the mirror. That's a guaranteed 100% way to get your house haunted. Oh, nice. She will get out of the mirror. Your house is done. You might as well just, like, figure some shit out because you're not coming back. I feel like there are very few guaranteed ways to get a haunted house. This is one. I guess play Bloody Mary. We just see her break the mirror. Nice. Done. That's great. Absolutely. Okay. We've talked about how you might change up the chant a little bit. Let's talk about who Mary might actually be. Love it. Okay. Mary Worth. With her, there are two possibilities because there are two potential people named Mary Worth that this might be. One, she was a Puritan woman who was burned at the stake for being a witch. Oh, interesting. They weren't burned. They were hanged. So it's not her. Yeah. They said it was, they said she was burned. Mm. Um, The other far worse option was that she was Mary Worth. A woman who made it her mission to kill slaves escaping by the Underground Railroad. Fuck you, Mary Worth. Oh, I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Option number two, Mary Wales. She was killed in a car crash, and she wants to take revenge for her the bloody end of her life and the loss of her future. Oh, that's sad. I know. This one's kind of spooky. I don't know why she's one, because she's not a Mary. Maybe there's Mary somewhere in her name somewhere. Mm. Elizabeth Bathory. Bathory, Bathory, Bathory. One of the two. Cute. Okay. She was a countess in the country of Hungary, and allegedly between the years of 1590 and 1610, she and a potential of four accomplices who were servants in her home tortured and killed over 650 women and girls. Oh, I've heard about her. Yeah. She had a whole chamber situation. She did. She's a bad person. Right? Listen, Elizabeth's can be as different as anybody else. For sure. We're not all the same. There are... 
a lot of crazy ones, it turns out. There's, there's a few. <laughs> Legend goes that she was a vampire and that she bathed in the blood of her victims to retain her youth. Hot. Bloody Mary. Gross. Um, one was Mary, Queen of Scots, but another one that was really big and a big possibility is Mary Tudor. Mm-hmm. The Queen of England who reigned from 1553 to 1558. And when she first took the throne... She announced a rather hands-off approach to religion and just how it was going to be mandated in general, but she really didn't stick to this plan. She didn't buy into Dad's plan of breaking with Rome and her brother ideals of Protestantism. She was pretty ready to bring Catholicism back in a big way via the return of the Heresy Acts. Protestants all across the country were convicted, gathered, and killed, a total of eight, 283 people in all. After this, she was officially unofficially titled Bloody Mary by the Protestant community in England. Fair. And it's said that that tradition carries on into today, and she's the one we're invoking. Okay. Those are possibilities. There, there were a lot of possibilities, so mm-hmm. I kind of had to narrow it down because we can't talk about them all day. No. There was one where um, a mom was, or like... A baby was killed. The mom is just, like, distraught, and then she gets killed, and that's the one of um, Bloody Mary, I Stole Your Baby. Or, yeah. Did did you read about Baby Blue, another game where you, you rock your arms in front of the mirror like you're holding a baby? No. You say, Baby Blue, Blue Baby, until, like, you feel the weight of a baby in your arms. Mm. And then you have to walk it over to the toilet. Drop it. Jesus. Flush the toilet and get out. God. If not, the lady will come and get you because you have her baby. I don't like it. I don't know who's in charge of this. Who's making up these things? I thought we would just talk about the boys and girls we thought were cute. That happened too. <laughs> and maybe like accidentally kiss your best friend. I thought that, I'm sure that happened. I thought that's what we're I thought that's what all the girls were doing. <laughs> no, they were scared out of their minds. Oh. Only only sometimes. Only sometimes. I've, I've only played two three of these. <laughs> three of them. <laughs> so. All right, adults who listen to our podcast, if you get together for a jammy party with your friends this Halloween season. Tell us what spooky shit you did. That would be great. We'd love to hear about it. And if it's tantalizing, the illicit shit you did also. Sure, we'll take that too. Uh, But don't get us banned from any platforms. That's all we're asking for. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm spooked. I'm officially just spooked. Happy spooky time, everybody. Happy spooky time, everybody. We're getting into the Halloween season. Get excited. Let's go drink something pumpkin spice flavored and take a net of Xanax. (laughs) (laughs) And let's let's maybe do this again sometime. (laughs) Say hi to your mom for me before it's too late. Oh, no.